Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Said Business School. I'm Amy Cashman, co-CEO of the Insights Division of Kantar in the UK. Welcome, and um, it's great to be here today with Diana Carrion. Lovely to meet you, Diana. Um, I just wondered if you could sort of introduce yourself, first of all, talk a bit about your background. Of course. So for over 20 years, I've been working at this intersection of sustainability and business. Much of that as a brand strategist and planner, both client side um, and agency and consultancy, and sort of looking in particular at how brands and businesses can make money by making a real difference in the world. So how can they build product and service propositions that deliver greater value to the customer by delivering greater value to society? And you might ask sort of what does that mean? What does that look like? Lots of people will ask, you know, who are the brands companies who are doing that really well? And I can give you a few examples of that. So starting with a big publicly traded company, Tesla is probably one of my favorite examples. Yep. They have created this sexy car that drives fast, faster than any car in the world, in fact. And the reason for that is because it is electric. Mm-hmm. Don't test my sort of physics knowledge on this, but there's something about the electric engine which makes it much faster going zero to 60 than the internal combustion engine. It's something to do with torque. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I think that's it. <laughs> we need to bring a, a physics professor into the conversation. But, you know, for somebody who is looking for that out of car, which, you know, many people who are would consider themselves car people are, they get, you know, this this sexy fast car because it is electric, um, because at, you know, the, the company's sort of core, it was created in order to build an automotive company that can help tackle climate change. And it's kind of an, you know, 
pretty audacious, ambitious thing to try and do. But that's a really, you know, one of my mm. favorite examples of a company that's delivering greater value to their customer by um, delivering greater value to society. And, you know, is that strategy proving successful? Well, every time I, I look, the last few times I've looked, you know, their market cap is still greater than Ford's and BMW's, two of the biggest car companies in the world. So it's, you know, it's not an unsuccessful strategy, let's say. So and the work you've done um, through your career has now led you to, to found a new company called Thought Starter. And I just wonder if you could talk to us a bit about that and give us the background to that. So I think it's really exciting to see companies like, you know, Tesla and Patagonia and Method and, and some of the others that do this really well growing. I think it's really exciting to hear more and more companies talk about social purpose and what their purpose mm -hmm. is in the world. I think it's really exciting to see consumers acting more and more like citizens. Um, but I think what we forget and maybe sort of possibly deliberately is that when we talk about these big trends in business and in wider society, it's, it's that change only happens when individuals actually do something mm -hmm. to make that change happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of us, whether that's at work or at home, you know, at school or in our, in our communities, we make choices daily and we take actions or not that make the world better or worse. And it's that idea of sort of individual agency and action that drove me to, to, to start ThoughtStarter. So ThoughtStarter supports people and organizations who want to change the world, but who aren't quite sure where to start. And we do that in sort of two ways. So through a product and a service. So we have a, a core product, which mm -hmm. is a small kit, comes in a sort of greeting card envelope uh, size, filled with six simple tools inspired by Martin Luther King's uh, six steps of nonviolent social change and informed by some behavioral science. And what it does is it helps people kickstart whatever change they want to make in the world, whether that is becoming more politically active, um, volunteering in their community, writing a book, you know, starting a passion project. And it's of real value, I think, because we're all great at talking about <laughs> the things that are wrong in the world, right? At sort of griping at the pub or on social media about all the things that are wrong and what we hope to do or worse, what we hope other people will do about those things. But change only happens when we stop talking and start actually doing now, you might ask, why is it a physical product? Why, you might ask, Andrew, <laughs> is it not a digital product or an app? What we've found is that people are more likely to make taking action a habit when they can sort of see and feel the results mm -hmm. of that action. And so it's, it's, it's partly that. It's partly also this. It's really important that we get across this idea that if you can start changing the world with something as simple as a piece of paper. Imagine what you can do with all the other resources at our disposal, right? Whether that is that supercomputer that sits in your pocket or the resources in your organization, you know, there's there's much more that we could actually be be doing. Um, so for over a year, my co-founder Robbie Dale and I tested this product and also the kind of six step process that we developed around it. So we did lots of observational research. Mm -hmm. um, so watching people actually go through the kit using it in order to be able to um, work out all the bugs and refine it. We did lots of focus groups. Um, and while we were doing that, we realized how powerful it is to bring people together to use the kit in groups. So even though they might have been using the kit for their own individual purposes, 
they would end up starting to kind of support each other and give each other sort of guidance and advice and in some cases even sort of finding ways to collaborate. So we were doing all this testing and at the same time, I was starting to see something happening in business and and very much in marketing as well, which is still a big part of you know my, my life and my network. And it was that brands and business leaders were announcing all of these lofty <laughs> purpose statements, mm -hmm. um, were signing up to, for example, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, were making public commitments on things like diversity and equal pay and transparency. And they were, as I'm sure we all know, spending lots of money on ads to become sort of part of the conversation around big social uh, and environmental challenges. But to this day, most of that seems to be words mm -hmm. and very little of that seems to actually be backed up with action. And that puts companies at risk, right? It puts them at risk in terms of uh, their reputation with consumers who, you know, as we all know, with uh, social media these days, it's easier than ever for companies to be found out and for that word to spread really quickly and have a huge reputational impact. But it also puts companies at risk in terms of their talent, um, both hiring and maintaining that talent when people increasingly want to feel that the companies that they're working for are not just saying that they're doing something good, but are actually credibly, authentically delivering on that in some way. So, I, I mean, I agree with you that there's you know, companies, it's, it's, I think there's sincerity behind saying, yeah, we're, we're trying to, you know, deal with, you know, inequality, or we're trying to deal with climate change, or companies want to do this. But I think there's probably a tension there in terms of trying to say, oh, we, we've got what we do. Now, let's just try and attach that to some SDG, pick an SDG, or let's attach it to a world challenge, as opposed to that example you, you started with with Tesla, which was like, well, there's a there's a big world challenge here in terms of climate. So let's design an electric vehicle that is is coming from trying to solve that challenge. And so I think it's the order in which things are done. That's one thing to say, though, for a new company, a company that's been around for 100 years and does what they do. How do you get them to the point of saying, you know, of, of, of really actually trying to have an impact and take those actions that will have a broader social impact? That gets to the heart of the more sort of service side of what we do. So we've created a, a series of Thought Starter Workshops, which are sort of an innovation program for companies where we work with organizations to give staff at every level in every department the tools and resources they need to change the world in their day jobs. Um, and why is that important? Well, as you say, you know, first, there's no one person in a company, whether that is um, the CEO or the marketing director or even the you know chief sustainability officer if a company has one that's going to change the world on their own that's mm -hmm. just impossible and also staff and it's not just millennials but I've you know I've spoken to people who um, are on the verge of retirement who want wish they always had a sort of more of a sense of purpose and meaning to their jobs so by helping employees, link what the company has stated is its purpose to what that individual employee's skills and talents and activities are in their day job, we can connect purpose to action in order to make sure that that purpose actually happens. What we're very careful to do with the workshops that we run in companies is to make sure that there are not 30,000 cats running in different directions. 
So we have a, a product that can be bought, you know, off the shelf at a retailer or on our website. The workshops that we run are with companies and therefore they they are specifically around what the company's purpose is. If you feel that your own personal values or sense of purpose have nothing to do with the company that you're working in, then maybe there's a question that needs to be asked there about <laughs> what you're doing there. But assuming that, you know, the whatever that high level social purposes that the company has stuck their flag in, assuming that that is something that you do feel resonates with you, then what we do is say, okay, that is the company's purpose. What is it that you as an individual can contribute to that? So what are the skills that maybe make you particularly good at your job? What are the talents that you might have that you bring to your role that make you particularly good at that? You know, what is it about your background or your experience that you can use in order to take action as part of your day job to help meet whatever that purpose is? So if you sit in the procurement department, what is it that you can do to make sure that your product or service is sourced in a way that mm. is more environmentally responsible, that is fairer in terms of pay and working conditions in the supply chain? If you work in the in new product development, you know, how can you develop either your existing brand to improve it or, you know, a new variant of the brand that is better in terms of allowing customers when they use it to, for example, create less waste and pollution in its use or in its disposal. And then as marketers, I think our responsibilities kind of span a lot of those different things. So looking mm -hmm. at it at, you know, that even higher level of what is it that our customers expect from us? What is our sort of competitive advantage? What are our core competencies? And then looking at, you know, where is it that our company or our brand is making the most negative impact? on people or planet? And then how can we use that competitive advantage or that core competency in order to make a more positive rather than negative impact? And then finally, getting everybody um, across the business to think about how can I individually mm -hmm. <laughs> take that into my own role in order to make sure that what we are claiming, that we believe in, that we deliver, that is our purpose in this world, how can we actually deliver that across every part of the business? This is really appealing to me because it, it's going away from these sort of lofty, big statements that the CEO or whoever else will come out with and bringing it way down to kind of everyone. So it's in some sense democratizing the responsibility. But the way you were describing it's sort of individual actions people can take, to me, it sounds like a mindset shift, really. I guess the theory is anyway that then that all sums up to something that might achieve that lofty ambition. Have you found, though, in your experience where this, not, not where it doesn't work, but where it's harder to get this working? I'm just kind of curious maybe whether there are industries or types of companies or even cultures that make it easier or, or harder. I think one of the things that makes it easier is when you have leadership within the organization that is committed to actually doing this, who is serious about the reasons why they think it is important for an organization to make a more positive impact on society and on the environment, and who are serious about making sure that the organization is actually delivering on that promise. So that's, I think that's key. However, it's not the only thing. So there are a lot of companies where there has been real commitment from a high level to try and create 
social change as a business. But then it gets stuck <laughs> in that sort of middle molasses, you know, level of, of middle management. Or there just isn't enough kind of understanding and commitment from the grassroots of the company mm. in what that actually means to, to them. It is a mindset shift, as you say, but it's not a huge leap. It's it's almost more sort of focusing the, the lens slightly, you know, to the left or to the right of mm. where we usually do with businesses, which is, you know, in every business, you will have a financial target, right, for the year, for the quarter. And everybody in the business rallies around what that financial target is. So that gets, you know, bled down through objectives and financial plans and mm -hmm. budgets to every team and then every individual, right? And it's just taking almost that same model and applying that to what the purpose is. So you've said that you want to achieve this kind of change in the world. Okay, well, what does that actually mean for every team and for every individual? And it's also giving employees at that grassroots level. You said the word democratizing. It's doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. So it's not having just the top-down approach of how do you manage this, but it's having also more of a bottom-up approach, giving individuals the sense of permission, the sense of agency to say, okay, well, given my own sort of skills and activities in my day job, here's how I think I can best contribute to that so that they feel that they have a sense of ownership as well. And just building on Andrew's question, I wondered if you feel there are specific types of companies or specific types of brands or products that are able to do this most successfully. I think that there are categories that have tended to do this more whether they're necessarily you know candidates for doing it more successfully or not is 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 kind of a separate question so i've like i said i've been working in this area for a long time and the companies who tend to align themselves with some sort of social mission more are consumer brands and mm -hmm. in particular ones mm -hmm. that have a sort of a close relationship with their consumer in some way whether mm -hmm. that's fashion or personal care for example so uh, and retail as well so you'll see lots of you know, grocery companies and, you know, Marks and Spencers, with Marks and, Spencers and, and, you know, yeah. Unilever with their sustainable living plan, who have been talking about this kind of thing for a long time. However, even those brands who are seen as leaders mm. in this space do struggle with delivering this. And I think it is because of that, you know, tendency for us to try and do everything top down, <laughs> <laughs> rather than giving people sort of that sense of ownership and responsibility for doing what they feel they can best do in order to be able to deliver that. So it's a slight thinking is shifting as well in how we maybe manage people. Can every category, every industry do this? I think the answer to that is absolutely. I think in any industry, whether that's a consumer industry or uh, B2B, whether that's, you know, an, a nice fluffy cleaning products brand <laughs> or a tobacco brand, they all have a customer, mm -hmm. right? And so they can all ask themselves this question of how can we deliver greater value to our customer by delivering greater value to society? And that the answer to that question will be completely different for different industries and should, I think, be completely different for every brand based on, you know, what their brand promises to their customers, what it is that customers, you know, expect from them, why they've always decided to choose that brand over another one. Because that takes it back to this idea of kind of, you know, what is it that you're best at as mm -hmm. a brand? What is it that you're worst at in terms of how you are having an effect on your customers or, you know, on people's health, on the environment, on your workers? And then how can you make sure that you're using, that you're aiming what you're really good at 
toward that problem. Every brand and company can do it. Now, does every brand need to shout about it? That's a slightly different question. But I do think, you know, if you're doing this with credibility and with integrity, I don't see why you wouldn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be to sort of a, a CMO or, or that type of business leader if they're thinking, I'm under pressure, we've got to be a more purposeful brand, we've got to get our act together on this, you know, so where do they start? Where most companies tend to begin is by asking themselves this question of what is our core purpose? And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around what that means and how companies do that. What is critical is that once that mission or purpose or set of values has been, you know, agreed and written up really nicely on a PowerPoint slide <laughs> delivered through internal comms to everyone in the company, is that that actually be turned into action by the individual, by teams across the organization, and at the entire sort of organizational level across every part of the business. I think, you know, organizations need to live those lofty values. They need to deliver on whatever that mission or purpose is that they... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Decide by making it part of the work of each individual employee and what they do every day. And I think each of us, you know, you and me and everybody listening to this podcast needs to take personal responsibility, you know, what and interest. What can you do to live up to those values or to that mission or that purpose? I think when we look specifically at, at marketers within a company, I would say, you know, think about how this stuff is relevant to what you do, whether that's, you know, if you are in a brand building function, again, this question of how can we deliver more value to our customers by delivering value to society. If you're in more of a product management function, you know, how can we develop, source, distribute this product um, mm -hmm. in such a way that it has less negative impact and especially looking at it through the, that lens of, you know, if the company is saying that it is going to change the world mm -hmm. in X way, how do you make sure that that is coming alive across all of the different parts of the business that come into the product that you're selling and how you're selling that product? Again, if you're in advertising, making sure that the action is there before the big ad campaign mm -hmm. um, is there. Do be ambitious do think about how much can I do to make a, a real difference in my role. But I'd also say, you know, don't be disingenuous. 
At the beginning, you talked a bit about Tesla as a good example of, you know, some of the things we've been talking about. I just wonder if you've got other examples of companies that you think are doing this really well. Yeah, I'll give you one of my favorites is Patagonia as well. So a mm-hmm. smaller company, privately owned. So maybe they have, you know, some people like to argue that those kinds of companies have a, a bit more leeway to be more ambitious with what they do. But I think the integrity of that company is really impressive. They provide outdoor gear that performs better because it is built to last. And the reason why it is built to last is because the company has decided that its role in society is to reduce waste and pollution and protect the environment. And so by having that social mission at their core, they have found a way to produce a better product for their customers, customers who, you know, give their tents and jackets and whatever it might be a beating when they go climbing or camping. Mm -hmm. And since Patagonia has been more vocal about what it believes in, it has seen huge growth Mm -hmm. (laughs) in sales, capturing customers that uh, and market share that might otherwise have gone to one of their competitors. And there are a huge number of really exciting, interesting startup social businesses that are cropping up all over London, all over the UK, all over the States, all over the world, who are doing an amazing job at aligning that sort of social mission and their commercial ambition and their customer benefit. One of my favorites is a brand called Birdsong. They're a fashion label. Mm -hmm. They are all about empowering women. And a lot of brands might, you know, clothing brands for women might say that, yes, they're all about, you know, women's confidence and making, you know, empowering women, making them feel really good about achieving everything they can achieve. And the way that Birdsong actually manages to deliver that, when you look at their supply chain, so the women who are actually making Birdsong clothes, they work with women's groups who lots of them have lost a lot of their funding during austerity groups of women who need you know real help in terms of creating an income and who would otherwise find that very difficult so they have groups of grannies that knit their sweaters they have migrant seamstresses who you know create their dresses they've got an amazing group of women that uh, does sort of embroidery and screen printing work on their t-shirts So there's that part of their supply chain, which is which is empowering mm. women. <laughs> and there's also the way that they market themselves. Their models are all shapes and sizes and colors. So when you just start to scratch the surface of what is Birdsong all about, and you realize that they're empowering women in their supply chain, they're empowering their customers, not just through, you know, giving them great clothes, but actually presenting this sort of, you know, feminist mission across everything that they do. You know, that's really compelling. And as a customer, that makes me feel okay. You know, yes, this is a brand promise that I can buy into Mm -hmm. because it's consistent. Recently, Diana, in in the UK, there was sort of quite a high profile uh, example of the one plus one model where um, the Duchess of Sussex was working with fashion retailers like Don Lewis and Marks and Spencers to put out a range of clothes where if you bought one, one was donated to her SmartWorks charity, which helps women who are trying to get back into work sort of dress themselves for interviews and things. That's obviously a very high profile example. I know that other examples exist of that sort of one plus one model. What's, What's your take on that model as a way of supporting some of these things we've been discussing today? I think the buy one, give one model is interesting. It could be used, I think, in really impactful and beneficial way when companies make an effort to 
understand that charitable partner that they want to benefit in some way. So is there a strong enough relationship there? Because the, the company is probably not the expert when it comes to the give one side of what yeah. they're doing. Mm -hmm. So are they working with a partner that does have that knowledge in order to make sure that the give one side of the equation is actually making a positive difference? So there's a lot of thinking that needs to be done around, you know, when you are giving one, is that making the kind of change that you want to make? And in fact, with ThoughtStarter, we run a buy one, give one model. So for every ThoughtStarter kit that's purchased, we give one to a disadvantaged young person to create a whole new generation of doers. And we work mm. with schools and youth organizations who are much more knowledgeable about what young people need in order to make that happen. I'd love to hear more about where the idea for the Thought Starter Kit came from. So the idea for Thought Starter started in 2016, which was, you might recall, a year when sort of prejudice and intolerance and division seemed to be taking hold of every country that I had ever called home. So I am the child of Venezuelan immigrants, born and raised in the States and transplanted to the UK. And around about late 2016, everyone I knew was lamenting the state of the world. And in my worst moments, I publicly sobbed. Uh, and in my best moments, I would craft these like beautiful social media posts with soaring rhetoric about <laughs> the power of hope and optimism uh, against dark forces. But uh, I soon realized that all of that was changing absolutely nothing. And so I thought, what can I actually do more practically to try and make things better? And at that point, I sat down with my now co-founder, Robbie Dale, who's an award-winning creative director that has all these amazing big ideas that I'd always really admired. And I had also been, at the time, reading about previous social movements and how they had sort of overcome adversity to change the world for the better. And obviously one of those was the civil rights mm -hmm. movement. And I learned about Martin Luther King's six steps of nonviolent social change. And so being in a position where I wanted to do more to change things for the better, and I wanted also to make it easy for other people to do more, I thought, who better to take inspiration from than one of the greatest icons of social change in history? Using his six steps as the sort of jumping off point, Robbie and I delved as well into some behavioral science. We thought about our own personal experience, what it was that had helped us sort of create big change in our own lives, get unstuck, create better habits. And we came up with Thought Starter's six tools and the sort of six-step process that helps people get through the hardest part of taking action, which tends to be just the getting started part. Mm -hmm. So some of the items in the kits, there's a set of stickers in there to serve as reminders to do the thing that you have committed to doing. So people will put those on their phones, on their laptops, on the mirror, on the fridge, on their desk. There's a postcard in the kit that you are meant to send to somebody who could help you create the change that you want to make. That might be a friend, it might be your mom, it might be your MP. But it's this idea of both not being afraid to ask for help, but also a bit of behavioral science that goes into that is once you have told somebody else that you are doing something, you are far more likely to actually follow up on that and keep doing it. There's also a, a greeting card 
in the kit, uh, which serves as a sort of letter to your future self. So we ask people to, at this moment, where they're really excited, they're going through all of the items in this kit and they're starting to actually, you know, take action and see things happen right now, you know, put down some thoughts on why you're doing what you're doing. What is the change that you're hoping to make in the world so that inevitably when things go wrong um, and you hit an obstacle, you can go back to this letter that you'll have saved for yourself and give yourself a little bit of a pep talk. And it works. So um, some of my favorite examples of people who have used the kit, we had a teacher who used it to start writing a children's book that she had sort of been thinking about for years and years. We had uh, recently a business reporter who used the kit to start covering untold stories of entrepreneurial women of color. One of my favorites was um, we had a, in a workshop um, an artist who was transitioning out of homelessness and she used the kit to start filming a guerrilla short in order to raise money for a professional short film that she wanted to, to do. And it's been used by, by a young student to, to do more to support the educational charity that they had been doing some fundraising for. And those last two examples are examples of actually the, the buy one, give one. Mm. So that was us working with organizations of disadvantaged young people in order to help them start doing things in order to achieve the change that they wanted to make in the world. You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit uk.cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.